Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. My name is Brad Zockel, and you are listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm in the barn studio right now. We've had a brief cold air uh, weekend here, and uh, I'm clearing up a little bit. I thank you for your prayers. Uh, kind of ran through that uh, bit of a, a stretch of a flu-like symptoms and everything, and uh, seem to be getting better, and I appreciate uh, your support in your prayers for me in that. Uh, it's a holiday season here. We're talking about bringing the tree down to the house from the storage place in the barn. We've already got the outside Christmas lights pretty much put up, and I know that you are too. I'm amazed at how many people over the weekend, just after Thanksgiving, I was visiting a number of different places when we went back over to Tennessee from here in South Carolina, and how many people have their trees up? And I'll bet you do too. A lot of people really enjoy that. Nothing wrong with that. And here in the Zockel household, we'll start the Christmas season, really, the day after Thanksgiving, we have wonderful times, small gifts we exchange or different things we do from traditions and special foods and things along that line, kind of working our way. You know, you might have the 12 days of Christmas. We go, <laughs> what's it going to be? Better than 27 days of Christmas, you know, and so we're having a great time. I hope that you're doing well. I really do. I thank you so much for joining me, and we're continuing our Christmas countdown, the, acti- the Advent uh, calendar devotional, finding different things with a heavenly perspective as we've been looking at the different scripture. Talked about Herod, man, he was a mess and we looked at that and then the the, the teaching about him and uh, who he was and where he got involved. And so today, what I'd like to do is then share some different things here and uh, get going into the gifts of the Magi. You know, we're going to kind of move around and you have different things that you'd like to share with your friends, and that's what I'd like to do, is just go around and just have a wonderful time of walking to the birth night of Christ. We'll go right up until uh, Christmas Eve in talking about different things that you may not have known or the background behind some of the passages when we look into the scripture. Now, to remind you, the nativity stories are found in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and then Luke chapter 1 and 2 as well. The stories of the family lineage, the family line, the genealogies that are involved in the story are found in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. Before we get into our subject today, I'd like to remind you of uh, our website. It is theheaventour.com, C-O-M, theheaventour.com. And in there, if you might consider helping us out, we're near the end of the year, wrapping things up, the growth that we had uh, never anticipated. We thank the Lord, but on the human scale, we had no idea that things would grow. Well, there's responsibilities. We have some bills that we want to pay, taking care of things, and some new projects that we have. Now, I want you to know, we do not owe anybody anything right now. We just are looking at different projects that we want to be able to pay for as we go. We want to be able to uh, move ahead in our our, our, uh, ministry here, being able to serve the Lord and be very fiscally responsible. So when I say bills to pay, we can look at something and our board talks and should this be uh, maybe the purchase of a new piece of equipment 
or for me traveling? Uh, would this be a good investment of money for me to travel to this particular conference or church? And those are the things that we want to make sure that we're covered for. So any gift that you have could help me put another tank of gas in the car. It might help me on my salary. It could help uh, pay for our uh, bill here, uh, our heating and uh, lighting bill here in the studio, things along that line. And near the end of the year here, as we are a 501c3, would you please consider uh, giving? You will receive uh, a receipt, a tax receipt, and uh, much thanks from us. We thank you so much for your just your wonderful support in taking care of uh, just this ministry as I'm going about on both the social media outreaches and then also face-to-face and of course, this podcast, too, which would be a social media outreach, and we can have that. A number of truckers have told me that they're listening to, on long distances, listening to some of these podcasts, and I welcome you, my friends, and other ones that say during the course of the day, we have people that are at work, and they're listening to these podcasts as they're going through work, taking down notes. That's wonderful. And if you can help us out to continue this ministry, oh, that would be wonderful. I'm heading out in... Um, 2024, going back out on the road again, already setting up uh, some meetings in Alabama, both sides of Alabama, Mississippi, talking with Texas right now, talking with Maryland, who have all said, we're going to have you as the Lord would allow. It's not a a question of if, it's when. And so I'm building on that, my friends, and getting back over to the Appalachian area, specifically into uh, Virginia, and then I've been invited to go to West Virginia. So a lot of things happening. Just be in prayer. If your group says, hey, we're down in one of those areas where, you, would you stop by? Yeah, I'll be glad to stop by. Just let me know, okay? Write me at brad at theheaventour.org. Brad at theheaventour.org. Okay, now, we're going through the scriptures here, and we go into a wonderful, wonderful passage again. Where do you find the nativity story? You find it in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and then in Luke chapter 1 and 2 in the Gospels, the biographical books of Jesus, those four Gospels, we have specifically, we're looking at the, uh, the presentation of the birth of Christ and all of those things surrounding the different characters involved in the story. So, right now as we talk specifically, get your paper and pencil out, your notes, your Bible encyclopedia on heaven, and let's go ahead and let's move over into Matthew chapter 2, and talk about one aspect. I'm going to read the passage, because it's always good to read these things in context, and then kind of dig from there. So Matthew chapter 2, let me go ahead and read from the King James Version as I rotate different translations, because there's just such a beauty in this story in the King James Version. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests of the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, that means privately, he called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. 
And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now I want to point out a couple of things here. Did you notice that I said in verse 11 that wise men had come to the house? They were pointed by Herod to go from Jerusalem. They had been in Jerusalem there to see him, thinking there was a massive celebration and didn't see anything. Herod's dumbfounded. The, 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 the life of the, the Jewish uh, race here, away from the Messiah, is so dull that nobody really knows. Even when Herod asked the wise men, where is this happening? Well, they gave him an answer, but they didn't seem excited about it all. Well, it's over in Bethlehem. So he directs them to Bethlehem, and when they come down here, you'll notice it doesn't say they're in the manger. When they were coming to the house, and the word is very specific in the original language, it's not the manger. They're in a house. They saw the young child. We're not talking about an infant now, the young child. And so with Mary. And so many Bible scholars in looking at this will tell you that it is very, uh, especially since Herod had had the edict of anyone two and younger killed, that Jesus could have been as old as two years of age. Joseph has moved his family from the manger stable over to a house in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. So he's there for a while, probably doing some work there, uh, earning his keep and such. Now, what I want to key off on is this. They came in obeisance. They said, we've come to worship this one. Not observe and just find a, uh, a supernatural phenomenon, but we've come to worship. And in this, these non-Jews, these strangers have come and shown this wonder of, of belief and love toward this one. And in these gifts of honor and obeisance, they have brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold, we uh, would know, as we've talked in our early studies in heaven, gold throughout the Bible represents deity, divinity, godness. Not godliness, but godness. Then we go to two very, very strange to us in the Western world or in North America, for the most part, it's not exactly that we will go down and we will have, unless somebody has some sort of an oil, you know, an essential oil type of a background here. You know, you really don't have frankincense and myrrh in your house. So what are these? Frankincense and myrrh. What's the significance here? Okay. Well, the Hebrew word frankincense, that's a word that means white. It means pure. Now, there's two reasons why this could mean that. One is, if you were over there in Lebanon, and you're going to go look over at the trees where these, uh, uh, the frankincense uh, is being harvested, you're going to look on the mountaintops, and they're snow-capped. And that could be, you know, in reference to the area. But I think the better translation is this. When you will go into the inner wood of the tree that contains frankincense, this resin, and you slash it open, the drops of frankincense are milk-colored. So it just probably means it's a milky white uh, look, pure. It's, it's pronounced Libanos. Uh, we have that. It's been traded for over 5,000 years, five millennia. You will read records of the trading in North Africa, on the Arabian Peninsula. And then one source told me that there are pictures of this very tree, the Libanos tree, in the tomb of 
Queen Hathshepsut. Uh, that takes you back to 1458 BC. You're talking about an ancient resin, an ancient aroma, uh, an incense here. This is a wonderfully uh, ancient and historical uh, trade good that's been there. 5,000 years that it's been here. Now, when we take a look at this, we'll see this tree. It looks mostly scrubby to the height of a man. The branches really don't go out until they're at the very top. I guess it would be a good shade tree in a sense, but the bottom part is an open bark, and it comes up, and then I'm seeing a picture here in which the tree kind of branches out into a V. The trunk's not very thick. It might be about the size of, oh, I'm going to say maybe at the most, it seems it would be a foot in diameter around. Not very, very big at all. Don't think of an oak tree or anything. I'm taking a guess that maybe the tree that I'm looking at for the most part is at most 20 feet tall. It spreads out more than it goes up. But here's the thing. It's what is this used for now? Well, frankincense has a very intriguing uh, occupation. One thing, it's doing its work as uh, helping people with depression. The incense, they found out, the Hebrew University in Jerusalem has found out frankincense smoke will help uh, that aroma, will, will help alleviate depression. Johns Hopkins also did a study as well and found out that you can uh, very much uh, control anxiety with the presentation of frankincense. The smell of that is very, very calming. And I find out also that arthritis is also alleviated by uh, taking uh, the frankincense and chewing it, sort of like a gum there. Now, I found this most fascinating. The University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center has been doing a study because they believe that frankincense oil can have help in the fight against cancer. I'm going to read a quote that I have uh, from here, from the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. Quote, Frankincense oil appears to distinguish cancerous from normal bladder cells and suppress cancer cell viability. Fascinating. I haven't heard anything since I had uh, started doing this study here uh, whether it has been advanced or not, but it's, it's interesting that it's even being considered. Now, frankincense is in the Bible about 17 times. And when you continually see it coming up in the area of worship, you find something fascinating here. It was burned as an incense and within a tabernacle, and it symbolized, uh, for example, prayer, rising to the heavens. Uh, it, it's used in priestly service. When you look at Leviticus chapter 24, it is used to be applied by its oil on bread. You'll put pure frankincense upon each row of bread as a memorial, an offering made by fire unto Yahweh. Uh, you see also the high priest was anointed with the oil uh, for priestly service. The example, Psalm 133 Verse 2, Aaron was anointed with this. This included frankincense in it. You're going to see <clears throat> in there these loaves of bread. Uh, they, uh, this, the priestly uh, services are involving in placing the, uh, it's ingestible, uh, the frankincense on the bread 
And then I, you think about this. Wasn't Jesus called the bread of life? Remember that? The true bread from heaven, it says in John chapter 6, of Jesus himself. Well, he said this. We look back at this, and this is presented as a child. This is symbolizing Jesus as the priest. So what's a priest? A priest is a go-between. The rabbi, you know, the prophets, the, the ones that were uh, going and they were representing uh, the, the words, uh, they were presenting the words of God, and the priests were there in making in the tabernacle the uh, different presentations to the Lord on behalf of the people, a go-between. Jesus is the go-between. We can't access God on our own. God is too holy. He cannot look upon sin. And Jesus became that sacrifice. Remember, we talked about this. The just for the unjust. We were the unjust. Jesus was the just. First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Uh, he was that one offering, that sacrifice to sin, as it says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 10. That one sacrifice, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. This is Jesus reminding you that it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, there is one God. And there's one mediator, a go-between between God and man. Who is that? The man, Christ Jesus. We don't find it in a priest today. We don't find it in a rabbi today. We don't find it in Mariolatry today. We find it in Jesus Christ himself. We pray to the Father, the believer does, in Jesus' name. Jesus is presented as a priest. Frankincense is intimated here throughout the scriptures as telling us this Christ child will be a priest one day. Think of the the, the, the stunning things we talk about, even as he is born, the prophecies, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon this child's shoulder. Yeah. And he'll be called a wonderful counselor. He will be called the mighty God, the everlasting father. This child is being called a father. Yes, absolutely. The everlasting father, the prince of peace. So we have all these prophecies of what he will do in his life even in the prophecies in pre-birth and then in his birth, in his childhood. This is what he's going to be. And indeed, we see this happening. The biographical books of Jesus are quite fascinating as they bring these things out. He is the go-between. He is the mediator. This is frankincense represented here. And then when we see uh, the myrrh, we will talk about that in our next study here. Myrrh is also, as frankincense, is medicinal. It is presented as something quite fascinating here that we can learn about. But I'm going to save it for next time. I was going to get going on that, but I see I'm out of time already here. It's out time goes so fast. So if you want to read about this and then, you know, share these things with your friends, saved and unsaved, about the wonder of the nativity scene. Nativity means birth, the birth story of Christ, which doesn't stop there. It continues on into the wonderful sacrifice, the reaching out, the victory of Jesus Christ. As we look into heaven, we see him in Revelation chapter 1 as not just a shepherd, not just a teacher. We see him as the King of kings, the great judge, the Lord of lords, the Savior and the victor. And he indeed is going to have the victory, Revelation chapter 19 and chapter 20, and then take us on into heaven and lead us, as it says in Revelation chapter 7. Just wonderful promises. And the promises to you, believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, friend, I pray you'd make a decision today. Give him all your stuff. You're not going anywhere with it in eternity if you're trying on your own. Revelation chapter 20 says that's not going to get you salvation. But then, in coming to Jesus Christ and following him, your name is in the book of life. 
your name's in the book of life, you are going to enjoy the family of God, the household of God in Jesus Christ forever in eternity. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel here in Questions About Heaven. We'll talk some more in our Christmas countdown in our next podcast. God bless you. Take care. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.